right, guys. How are we doing tonight? All right, for all four of you who responded, awesome. All right, well, we are excited that you guys came back to hear about the best sex ever. Woo! Yeah, I know, right? No, we're not talking about Sammy's mom. We're not talking about what? <laughs> I just went too far. He went I'm too far. <laughs> Sir, is that a surprise? Not talking about Sammy's mom. Is that a surprise to anybody that he went too far? Anyone? Anyone? All right. Anyway, we have a lot to talk about tonight, guys. We're hitting some really, like, hard issues that I know probably all of you have asked some of these questions before, and we're going to talk about it tonight. All right? I do want to say one thing, all right? I know some of you, while we're up here talking, you like to talk to each other. You know what? Hey, I like talking to Aaron, too. Not while he's speaking, all right? Um, so if you feel it's really necessary to have your conversations or whatever, I just pray. We're about to pray. Please take it outside because there's other people who want to hear hear what we're going to talk about. All right, so if I can just have your respect on that, I would appreciate it. And um, let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, thank you so much for this day, Lord. Thank you for uh, blessing us, amazing worship man, God. And um, Lord, just help us all uh, take in what, what we're going to talk about tonight, Lord. Apply it to our lives, God. And uh, we just continuously thank you, Lord, for your love and your mercy. I split this up in your name. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. Well, I'm glad that you're here today. If this is your first time here, welcome to the sex war zone. Some of you are like, war zone, sex? When do we get it on? You know, <laughs> sorry, you perverts. We're not going to start yet. So, but we've been talking about yep. uh, the best sex ever. Uh, we're going to talk about, how, we've been talking about how God designed sex, all that type of cool stuff. If you've missed the last two weeks, I'm not, not going to go back on it. But what we've talked about is, God designed sex. God, it was his idea. It was all him. He created it. He thought of it. You know, I told you last week that the women have this thing called a clitoris, and God made that for sex, for pleasure. That was all it was made for. So God designed sex. He designed it, and he designed it to be great. He wants it to be amazing. He is all about it being awesome and great for you and your future spouse-ish person. So, but I've really enjoyed this series. My favorite part of the series so far the entire time has been making Sammy blush. Woo! I love just seeing if I can get Sammy to, like, his face to turn red because he's Latino. And so it just doesn't <laughs> happen a lot. So I've found ways to make Sammy blush, uh, especially when we discuss it. Like, what we're going to say, I say some things that I don't really say, but he's just like, what? You're going to say that? And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to cuss. But no, he's... <laughs> He, he's always, like, wanting to know what I'm going to say, and I always, I don't let him know. Like, I try to hide my notes from him so he doesn't see what I'm going to talk about him and stuff like that. It's true. But that's my favorite part. And another thing I'm really excited about is that, you know, a lot of you are making great decisions with this, and you're hearing about this, and you're making lifelong decisions now about that are going to affect you for the rest of your life. But I understand that there's a coolness factor in here that, some of you are cool, the rest of you are just like me, you're not, but you know, <laughs> some of you, you think you're too cool for school, you know, you're 16, you're like, I got this figured out, bro, I know it all, I know what to do when I get in the haystack, you know, I know what to do, I got this figured out, and you know, you're, you're too cool for this, and you know everything, because 16 year olds do know everything. Absolutely. <laughs> and I said the first week, whenever we were first starting this series, I said in, my first, in the first week, in my years of ministry that I've been in ministry, the most pain, the most struggle, the most conversations I have with students are about sex. And it's usually about the pain that's been caused by sex. It's usually about 
their regrets or what they wish they would have done, stuff like that. Sex is a big deal. It is a very big deal. A lot of people want to tell you that sex is no big deal. It's not a big deal. It doesn't matter. It's all physical. It's, you know, it's just completely, you know, you got one man, one woman, or two men, two women, whatever you got going on. I don't know what you guys do in your spare time, but, you know, <laughs> you, got, you got these. This is it's just purely physical. There's nothing attachment to it. It's just all physical. And I understand that some of you think that way, and some of you, you know, you hear that way and all that stuff. But I'll be honest with you, this week when I was preparing for the message, I did get a little bit sad. Uh, I got a little bit kind of down because I started reading some stuff about sex, and I was looking at it, and, and I was watching TV, and TV has, you know, just everything. And it's just a little sad because of what you go through and what you're going through in your schools and, and your friends and all these people around you who don't really talk about sex, and they don't talk about your best interest in sex. They just, you know, talk about it to talk about it. You have your friends who are morons and think they know what they're talking about, but you, you never really hear the good side and the great side, and you never hear that. You always just, you get bombarded with the different messages. But how many of you have seen an ad for Las Vegas? An ad for Las Vegas? Are some of you? Well, my wife and I moved here from Vegas, and the big thing about Vegas that you always hear is what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. That's not true. Herpes will follow you anywhere. <laughs> I'm just telling you. You know, that junk will be with you for the rest of your life. You will have breakouts, you know, there's, and there ain't no proactive clearing that up. But I'll just tell you that that is not true. You know, what happens in Vegas doesn't stay in Vegas because it goes with you. But how many of you have ever seen Vegas? You suckers. No, my <laughs> wife and I, we lived in Vegas for a while, and one of the great things that we loved about Vegas, I'll just be completely honest with you, is we loved when we'd, we'd have family come in, and of course, when family comes in, they're like, we got to see the casinos. We got to see what they look like, and it's just like, they're just, full. it actually about this type of haze from all the cigarettes and stuff like that, so we would show them the casinos and all that stuff, and we would blow our paychecks, you know, that normal <laughs> thing, but... We would take a drive. There was uh, an interstate called the 215 that goes around Vegas. And the ve way it would go is it would go up a little bit higher elevation because Vegas is set in like a bowl. But it would go higher in elevation, and you could at night see for miles. I'm talking 30, 40 miles across Vegas. And you see everything. And I love that drive because you could see all the lights. You could see all the casinos. You could see the Rio, the Bellagio, the the Paris, you could see the stratosphere, you could see all those things, and it was such a cool view. But then, you know, when you talk to people who've been to Vegas, have you ever heard anybody say, man, Vegas sucked, I lost all my money? You never hear that. You always hear people say, I had such a great time. I don't remember it, but I had such a great time. I, I, I won, I did But if you've ever seen Vegas, you know that Vegas wasn't built on winners. They didn't build these multi-billion dollar casinos on people who keep hitting the jackpot. They built it on losers. They built it on people who bet way too much money. My father-in-law came and visited me in Vegas when we first got there. And we went because he, he wanted to see the roulette table. Um, that's where they stick the little ball and they were spin it and all that stuff. We watched the guy blow almost 15 grand in a matter of a minute on roulette. Like he was just knocking down the chips and then they watch him get taken away. 
And I was just like, oh, there goes my school loans. You know, it's just like, <laughs> what are you doing, buddy? And, and you know, they, they lost, he wasn't the only guy. He wasn't even at the high roller table. There's high roller tables where there's like million dollar bets. So Vegas is not built on winners. It's built on losers. And it's much like sex. Sex before you get married and all that stuff. Nobody tells you the bad stuff that goes on with them. Nobody tells you about the pain that they feel or the rejection. They always tell you, you know, oh, man, it was so sweet. We got so heavy in my 1980 Camaro that doesn't work anymore. And, you know, just I don't know if any of you have a 1980 Camaro that doesn't work anymore, and I just outed you, and you're like, oh, crap, he knows my story. <laughs> so, but, you know. <laughs> Here. Well, that's. But anyway, <laughs> but nobody talks about the bad side of sex, and nobody talks about the sleepless nights, the pain, and that's why here we say sex is a big deal. We say it is a big deal, but you have to make the decision. You have to decide. You have to decide whether sex is a big deal to you or not. And so we have two ways to look at it, and I want you to think about this. The first way is small picture. Small picture, the now, the here, the now. A small picture person is someone who thinks about right now, my urges say this, my, my feelings, I want to do this, she's hot, I'm going for it, that's my thing, we're not going to go all the way, you know, and the small picture thing is, if it's not penetration, I haven't lost my V-card, you know, that's, that's small picture thinking, and uh, big picture, the second thing is big picture thinking, future thinking, and this is where I doubt a lot of you are at, it's where you think about your future, and I realize thinking about your future is not a sexy thing. It's not something to be like, I'm going to go to this school. I'm going to get married to this person. I'm going to have 16 kids so that we can be on TV. You know, nobody, <laughs> big picture thinking is not the, the way that it's real sexy. And I realize, and I'm not stupid, a lot of you are not going to consider your future whatsoever. You know, it's not the popular thing to do. When I was in high school, it wasn't the cool kids that was like, I'm going to go to this college so that I can get this degree and get this job. It was, if they were thinking of college, it was like, I'm going to get this college so I can get this much hammered and this much, you know. That was what college was about for Sammy. Uh, but, you know, that's what a lot Those of people Bible think. Those Bible colleges, I tell you, you know, what. Bible colleges. But today I'm going to ask you, would you trust me just a little bit to consider your future? Just put a little bit of trust in me. I'm not, you know, just, just trust me a little bit. And think about your future. Consider some decisions that you're going to make today. Sex is not bad. Sex is not a bad thing. God designed it to be great. Week one, I told you I love sex. It's awesome. I'm married. I tell, my wife does not have to ask me, hey, do you want to have sex? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right here, right now. You know, and that was in Walmart. But, you know, that's just not, <laughs> doesn't, it's not how it rolls. You know, I love it. Uh, I hope my wife does, but you know, I love it, and <laughs> sex is not a bad thing. It's a great thing, but God designed it to be great in marriage. Now, imagine that Sammy just had a little girl, the product of his sex. He just had a little girl. True. Her name is Lily. Imagine if Lily was like five years old. Say five years down the road, I'm 30, I have my own kids finally, and Lily comes over to my house and I'm babysitting her. Sammy's like, will you babysit Lily? Me and Sandra, we got to go Bible study. That's Bible study me equals, never mind. <laughs> do, 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 do. So you, oh, I get it. No, anyway. Anyway, Sammy brings Lily over, and he's like, will you babysit Lily? And I'm like, sure. And then I'm like, Lily, I'm like, Lily, come with me. I got to take you to my garage, because my father-in-law, 
he gave me this thing that every man needs to have. And so I'm showing her my garage, and then I show her the present my father-in-law gave me. And it's a chainsaw. And it's just not any chainsaw. It's like one of those $5,000 chainsaws that can cut a house down. You know, it's, it's a fancy chainsaw, because I live in Florida, and you know, there's like big trees in Florida, you know. And I live in a golf course where they do their own. But anyway, he's like, got this chainsaw. He's like, you need a chainsaw. So I have a chainsaw. And I'm showing Lily how to work the chainsaw. You know, I'm holding it for her, and she's, you know, revving it up. And then I'm like, you know what? Let me go get something neat. Here you go, Lily. And I just, I just leave the chainsaw with her. Don't and then the next thing I know, I come back about 10 minutes later, and, like, the dog is in pieces, and Lily's missing an arm. And, My girl. You know, the car is missing tires. Lily's just going to town with this <laughs> chainsaw. The chainsaw was not a bad thing. The chainsaw is not bad itself. You know, there's nothing wrong with a chainsaw. It's just how you use the chainsaw that makes the chainsaw a bad thing. So it's not bad if it's used correctly. If the chainsaw is used to cut down trees, then it's, it's awesome. Just like sex. Sex is not bad, but God designed it to be one of the best things ever. And it's deeper, and it's more... It's deeper, it's designed to be better than just slam, bam, thank you, ma'am. It's designed to be great. So we're going to look at some areas in your life that affect your sexual decisions. So we're going to look at the spiritual, the physical, the mental, and the social. And we're going to talk about the opposing forces that are within them. And the first one we're going to talk about is spiritual. If you're thinking, just thinking about sex now, you're just thinking about why should I care about God? Why should I care about God's way? Some of you think, you know, God's way gets in the way. Uh, you say, I like Jesus. I like the whole idea of Jesus dying for me. I like the idea of me possibly going to heaven because I believe in him. I like the idea, I like when I pray that I feel like God is answering. I like when I read the Bible that I feel like God is telling me things. But, you know, when it comes to my sex life, you know, Jesus can get a hype. You know, it's just, you know, you know, God's way gets in the way. My sex life is here. Jesus is here. They shouldn't interfere. You want them separated. And you think, you know, I'm here. God's here. Let's make sure we keep these separated. But I want you to think a little bit here. I told you sex last week came from one of two places. Either came with evolution, with, you know, the male tadpole growing a little tadpole on him, and then the female tadpole not growing a tadpole. She got a closet. It just got inverted. Some weird things happened, and he put his tadpole in her closet, and then a baby mush came out, and, you know, I just described the birds and the bees, in case you were thinking. But anyway, <laughs> you know, it either came from that or it came from God's design. God designing it, God making it, God all that stuff. But if it came from evolution, if it came from evolution, then we would have no moral standard. Because moral standard, there's no possible way that morals can come from an evolution product. Ev moral standard has to be something that's implanted into the human heart, the human mind. Because we live in America, and if there was no moral standard, then we would think, okay, then what is illegal is what's wrong. So we can do whatever's not illegal because it's not wrong. And you guys know that there's things out there that aren't illegal but are totally wrong. Mullets. I mean, mullets, they're not illegal, but they're wrong. Amen. I mean, have you seen a guy with a mullet? He's, he's not a good-looking dude, <laughs> except for me when I have a mullet. But, you know, mullets are wrong. Country music. Mm -hmm. You know, country music's not illegal, but it's wrong. You know, you, if some of you are like, hey. I like singing about my dog that died. You know, that's just what country music's all about. But, you know, so there's certain things that aren't illegal, but they're wrong anyway. And so if we came from ooze, if we came from, you know, tadpoles and stuff, 
then what we're saying doesn't make sense and just go to town. We're not going to stop you. But we believe that God designed it, that he came up with it that was his idea. Psalm 14 says this, Only fools say in their hearts, there is no God. And if you believe there is a God, and we teach here as there if is a God, and we believe that he, you know, this is his word, this is his writing, then we believe that God's existence has huge implications on our life. Not only does he provide moral authority for our lives, but he gives you, you will give an account to him for your future. Hebrews 4 says, nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes, and he is the one whom we are accountable. So here's the deal. You can either choose to run from God, which a lot of you probably have. You've chosen, you know what, I'd like the idea of God, I do believe in him, but I'm kind of going to go my own way. Tosh.0 says that, y'all like, Tosh? Tosh? Tosh, he believes, you know, he says this, he says, you know, I'm going to live my life the way I want to. When I get to the end, I say sorry, and I get to heaven. You know, he's like, I read the cliff notes. That's what he believes. But we believe that God now has implications on our life now that we would follow God, we would follow Christ, and that we would choose to obey his word. So you can choose to run from God where you're just, the only reason why you're here is because your parents are drug you here, or your friends are like, hey, you got to hear my youth pastor talks about sex. You know, he's, he's dirty, but, you know, you, you're like, Let's, let me just come here. You got drug here, or, you know, you wanted to hear Daniel sing because he sounds like uh, that one band. I think he sounds like Kings of Leon, but, you know, you just came here for that, or you don't know why, you, you just, you're just here, or you're someone who do, does follow Christ. You just wanted to look at Sammy because he's losing weight and getting sexy, but we're teaching this series because we believe that following Christ and following his ways lead to a much better life. I'm not saying that following Christ is going to give you health, wealth, and prosperity and all that crap because that's not true. But we're saying that following Christ leads to a better life. It's going to lead to a much more fulfilled life. And again, we don't get commissioned. I don't get commissioned if you keep your V-card to marriage. Because I, I wish I did. That would be sweet. And you know, we don't get commissioned... If you all turn to Jesus and stuff like that, we just, our job is just to share the Bible with you, to share Jesus with you. Romans 1.21 says this, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him, uh, give him thanks. They began to think foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, as a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. They traded the truth about God for a lie. They worshiped and served gods created instead of the creator himself who is worthy of eternal praise. That is why God abandoned them in their shameful desires. They e- uh, the, even women turned against their natural way to have sex and started indulging with sex with one another. And men, instead of having normal sex relationships with women, burned for lust after one another. Men did shameful things with men. As a result of this, they suffered with themselves. This passage in Romans is talking about people turning from God. And not only did people have sex outside of marriage, but they went beyond that. They were in homosexual relationships. And that, here we go. Here you go. No, I'm not saying, here you go. Here we go. Here we're going. A lot of you have asked, okay, what about homosexuality? Because Elton John, he went to Europe and he got married, so technically he's married now. So is that, you know... Let me just give you my personal stance. And this is what I've gotten from Scripture. This is what I've gotten. You guys are going to hear this. 
Here's my personal stance. I want to be known for what I'm for more than what I'm against. I want when society and when people look at me that they see that I love the idea of marriage so much and I love family so much that what I'm for is going to naturally say what I'm against without me saying I'm against it. That I love babies so much that what I'm for naturally says what I'm against. But see, I disagree with a lot of churches today in the fact that we, you know, God hates fags. God hates, you know, that's just, that's just not true. Guys, if you, if you believe that, if you're one of those people who think, you know, God sincerely hates homosexuals, God doesn't love them, and you, you, you're ignorant. You're wrong. Because that's not true. God does not hate homosexuals. You know why? Because God hates all sin. So if homosexual is all you're going to bash at, divorce is the same as homosexuality in God's eyes. Premarital sex in any way, shape, or form is the same in God's eyes as homosexuality. So if you're going to harp on one, you better turn and look in the mirror. You better look in the mirror. Now I'm not advocating any position, advocating any idea. I'm saying that I want to be so generous and so loving in Christ that what I'm for is going to stand for what I'm against. So, there's the answer on that. But you ask, why should I care? Why do I care about God's ways? Why, do, why does it matter? Future thinking, for people who are now thinking, you think, how, why do I care? Why does it matter? Future thinking people, you're thinking, how can I be spiritual? How can I draw closer to God? Those of you who are new to this, I'm not talking about being religious. Um, I hate religion. Religion kills people. Religion causes crusades. Religion causes uh, the Nazis, to, the Hitler. Religion causes that. I hate religion with a passion. If, if I, like, I'm one of those people that when you talk about religion and stuff like that, I just cringe because religion is destroying the world. I hate religion. What I love is Jesus Christ and his love and his relationship and what he draws to us. But if you're someone who is a future thinker and you want to draw closer to God, you know, our attendance has grown a little bit over this series, and it shows a great thing that you guys actually care about your future, that you care about your decisions, you care about what God has to say about your life and stuff like that. And so I'm excited about that. I'm excited to see that you guys truly care about what God has to say. But what we're saying is that when you draw closer to God, when you try to build a better relationship with God, it becomes much easier to, to walk away from temptation. We're not saying you won't be tempted, but we're saying the urges of temptation will become easier. The aspect of the whole idea of being tempted and everything, when you're so in love with God that it becomes easier to choose God. You know, I, I was supposed to use an example last week that I didn't get to because we ran out of time. But imagine that I am at a trip, and I see my wife over here, and then Megan Fox is butt naked over here. And so, and my wife and our future is over here. And I have a decision to make. You know, Megan Fox is holding the sign, I want Aaron, not Sammy. But she's just, and, and I have my wife over here. I, it's going to be a no-brainer for me. I'm going to choose my wife. Why? Because of how much I love her, how much I care for her, how great our future is going to be. 
Because in the, mind, in the eyes, when you look at both, when you look at the great future or just the now temptation, the great future is way better, way better. So that's the spiritual aspect. Next dimension we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about the physical aspect. All right, well, I think one question that I think probably everyone in here has asked. If you haven't asked that, you're either a liar or you haven't asked it yet, all right? But the question is, how far is too far? You know, we've all asked. I know I've asked that, especially when I got engaged. I'm like, well, how far is too far? Because we're almost married. You know, how far is too far? You know, but it's not, you know, of course, how can I, you know, grow my prayer life? How can I grow my relationship closer to God? No, it's, you know, how far is too far? You know, and that saddens me. Saddens me as, as someone in, in student ministry. You know, because when you're asking me that, when you're asking Aaron that, you're really saying, how far can I go with my boyfriend or girlfriend before it's sin? How far can I go before I get in trouble with God? You know, we sent you, a, um, we sent you guys texts. We said on Facebook, you know, we're going to talk about hard topics tonight, you know, some of you might be going, all right, Sammy's going to talk, you know, going to tell me how far is too far. If any of you are thinking that, you're going to leave here sad, all right? You're going to leave here sad, because I can't tell you how far is too far. I can't create that line for you. You know, the Bible, it's silent on this, of what exactly is, you know, too far. You know, it doesn't say, on date two, you can hold hands. On date five, you can go ahead and, you know, kiss. You know, date 10, you can French kiss. You know, date 20, go ahead and touch her butt. You know, date 30, uh, go ahead and grope her. We um, haven't been on 20 dates, and you've touched my butt. Well, you're a special case. <laughs> Sammy just lost train of thought. I did lose my train of thought completely. <laughs> date 40, uh, go have an oral sex. Date 50, go all the way. You know... I, I can't do that, all right? There, I can't draw that line for you. Um, you know, but you have, to, you have to decide how far is too far. You know, why is it when we ask that question, it only, like, it usually just relates to sex? Picture for a moment. Let's say I had, like, a bonfire going up here on stage, all right? A controlled bonfire. It's going high. It's nice and hot. I call some volunteers. I, I probably get, like, ten guys, like, I'll go. You know, they don't care if I have to jump in the fire. They just want to be on stage, all right? I said, all right, this is what you need to do. Alex. I need, I'll, <laughs> as, <laughs> I'll drink it. Um, you know, I said, all right, you got my volunteers? I want you guys for five minutes to soak your arm from, you know, shoulder to, to your hand in gasoline. For five minutes, just soak your arm in gasoline. I'm like, okay. So, got to impress the girl. So, you know, you're doing that. I'm building up the bonfire. It's going up, you know, towards the ceiling. Didn't catch on fire, though. But it's going high. <laughs> it's, it's hot. I'm pouring gasoline on it. They're flaming. After five minutes, I'm like, all right, this is what I want you to do. I want you to stick your hand as close as you can, as close as you can without getting burned. I want to see how far you can go, how far is too far until you get burned. Nobody would do that. You know, I mean, some of you are like, oh, well, no, you won't. <laughs> You're not that stupid, are you? Uh, <laughs> you know, but when it comes to sex, you know, we do have some homeschool kids. We do. <laughs> you, know, you know, how far can I go without getting burned? You know, some of you might think, like, I might get scarred a little bit, but it'll fade away. You know, Just it shouldn't be how far is too far. 
The question should be, how can I be self-controlled? Where are the boundaries I need to make, you know, from keep, to keep me from going that far? But again, you know, the line is so blurred. You know, I can't tell you because, you know what, we talked about in past weeks, I know I talked about last week, the line's blurred by our culture. You know, we're surrounded by what's okay and what's not okay. How many of you know who Bill Clinton is? Only about half of you, wow. All right, so Bill Clinton was, used to be, what, two presidents ago? Yeah. All right. Before the dumb one. Before the dumb one. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> um, Aaron Cheryl. Uh, yeah, so I Bill Clinton, that. I don't know if you guys knew this. He had an affair with, you know, with another woman. Monica. Monica Lewinsky. While in the White House. All right, while he's still married to Hillary Clinton. Okay. Wayne approached by it. He's like, he, he claimed, I did not have sexual relations with that woman. No, I did not. All we did is have oral sex. So what is that saying then? Um, just when the penis, you know, penetrates the vagina, that's sex? Everything else is okay, though? All right, well, that's interesting. All right. Everything else is okay? I'm sorry. You all right, Aaron? You said penis. I think he's going to blush. I think he's going to blush more than me. All right. First Thessalonians 4 says this. God's will is for you to be holy. So stay away from sexual sin. That is God's will for your life, that each of you will control his own body and live in holiness and honor, not in lustful passions like the pagans who do not know God and his ways. Did you guys know that in the Bible, you see it very few times where it actually says God's will or my will for you is this? We find it very few times. So when he's saying, you know, my will is for you to be holy, to stay away from sexual sin, I think we should listen to that, all right? The medical definition of sex is this. Any genital contact is sex. Any genital contact. So that means hand to genitals, mouth to genitals, genital to genital. That is sex. That is the medical definition of sex. You know, so we have God saying, you know, stay away from all sexual sin. The medical industry is saying any, you know, genital contact, that is sex. Well, we have the world saying, you know, oh, just when the penis, penis enters the vagina, is sex. Banana. But everything else is okay. <laughs> so it's saying oral sex is fine. Let's say Aaron and I go to a youth conference, all right? And I have the belief that oral sex is no big deal. All right, you know, we fly back to Tampa. Let's say, you know, Sandra and Amanda pick us up. Sandra's my wife. Y'all didn't know that. Um, you know, hey, how was your trip? I say, oh, it was great. Aaron and I, we were coming out of the youth conference met this beautiful woman, blew him off because she saw me. Um, she's like, oh, wow. She likes Latino. Have you lost some weight? I'm like, yes, I have. Just met you, but I have. Um, you know, oh, that's great. Do you want to go have oral sex? Okay. If I told Sandra that, okay, she wouldn't be like, oh, well, so how was the food? No. After she killed me and brought me back to life to kill me again, I'd say, oh, wait, 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 babe. No, it's okay. All we had is oral sex. It's not like it's really sex. It's not like it counts. That's what the world wants, to, wants you to think. That it's, you know, it's just oral sex. It doesn't, it doesn't hurt anybody. You know, it's not losing your virginity. You still have, you know, your V-card. You know, technically, you're still a virgin unless the penis goes into the vagina. Otherwise, you're fine. All right? How many times are you going to say that? <laughs> I don't know. Let's, let's keep count, Aaron. <laughs> Makes me think of varsity blues. The question... <laughs> 
the question of how far, you know, is too far is not a question, you know, being a technical virgin. You know, it's a question of being pure. I'd much rather tell Sandra, you know, when we were first dating, you know, I am pure rather than, well, I have done a lot of things. But, you know, I still have my V card. It's kind of battered and you can barely tell there's a V on there. But I still have it. You know, I'm technically still a virgin. God says, my will for you, my, my will for your life is that you would stay away from all sexual sin. Stay away from all sexual sin. If, again, if you ask Aaron and I what, you know, the line should be, I'm going to say boys here, girls here, the end, all right? I Don't mean, date until you're married. Exactly. That's what I would say. Actually, my baby... I'm ha- bringing back prearranged My, my baby has a, a, a onesie that says, my daddy says I can't date till I'm 25. I love that shirt. It's my favorite one she has. I don't want her to date at all. Um, my daughter's first date is going to be a me cleaning a gun. I want to invite you over when <laughs> Lily has her first date. We're cleaning guns together. Um, Taser? Mm-mm. He's going down. Amen. Um, you know, guys, so, I mean, again, that line is blurred so much. How far, too far? You have to make that decision. You have to make that call. The Bible is very clear to stay away from all sexual sin. You know, I used to look at it this way. I think my youth pastor told me this. You know, don't do anything you wouldn't mind doing in front of your mama. All right? Oh, I know. Some of you are like, oh, Some man. of you have kinky moms. Don't all right. think about that. <laughs> all right. Hey, grandma, whatever. All right? <laughs> so, you know, you're rolling around on the floor with your boyfriend or girlfriend. Some of you would not do that from your mother. Some of you might. I don't know. It's between you and your family. But, you know, think about it this way, though. Doing it in front of, what would you do in front of God? Because you know what? He sees what you're doing behind closed doors. Boys, when you're alone, he sees what you're doing behind closed doors. You know, we think, oh, he, you know, he can't see us. You know, God always sees us, guys. He knows what, you're, what lies in your heart. You know, I've been talking about the physical, you know, aspect, physical dimension. You know, what we want to do now, you know, it leads up to another aspect, you know, the mental aspect of sex. Yeah, and this is probably the biggest aspect. If you were going to put a star next to anything, you put a star next to the mental aspect. Because when you go to school, school tries to scare you into not having sex. They're like, you know, you don't want syphilis, do you? You know, you don't want crutch, right? Then it falls off. You know, they try to scare you and stuff like that. They try, you know, here's a banana, here's a condom. You know, this is how you get it going. You know, they try to scare you into not having sex until you're married. They're like, you know, if you go to Vegas and you bring herpes back, you bring it into your marriage. You know, it's just, so they try scaring you. And then they show you graphic pictures that you're like throwing up in the back of the class. We've spared you from that. We didn't bring the pictures, although there's some gruesome ones out there. But, you know, they try to scare you into not having sex and all that stuff. They say, you know, you don't do this, you know. So they try to scare you in it. But the Bible says don't have sex outside of marriage. So everyone automatically thinks, then I can do everything else. What you don't realize is that your strongest sexual organ is not between your legs. It's your head and the one above your, your neck. You know, it's your head. It's the strongest sexual organ. Some of you are just clueless. Head, guys, <laughs> brain. And this is the aspect that no one wants to talk about. School don't talk about it. No one wants to talk about it. But if you think that God's deal, God's standard is no big deal, then go to town. You know, go to town. But what you'll, if you think that you won't bring that into your wedding bed, you're ignorant. And please don't be ignorant to think that whatever you do now and all this stuff, that you'll just forget it when you get married. 
Or, you know, I may have slept with a hundred people, but my wife loves me. She won't care. She's, she's going to care. You know, I may have had six guys at the same time, but my husband's forgiving. So, you know, six uh, guys at the same time? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what these people do. But, you know, <laughs> you think when I get married, they'll accept it. How great would it be to say, at 15 years old, I made a commitment to you. I made a, a, a commitment to you. I told you guys last week about the letters that I wrote to my wife. You know, how cool would it be to make a commitment, uh, to follow through it now? Guys, remember when we talk about porn, uh, when I was a kid, it was so hard to get a hold of porn. You had to go to the magazine store, and you had to go behind the other magazines, and it was in like a brown bag, and you had to, you had to sneak it out. And, you know, porn, you had to rent a, t- uh, a TV channel or something like that, and, you know, it wasn't happening because mom got the bill, you know. So you, you had to, it was really hard. But now it's just pipelined into your house. You know, you just go to a website, and there it's at. You know, it's just not hard to find. It's everywhere. But porn is so degrading to women. It is so degrading. And you guys, you know, you fill your mind with all this porn and all these ideas and the sexual fantasies, and you think, oh, when I get married, this, she's going to fulfill all those. And, you know, girls, they, they see porn, and your mind just gets filled. Your bucket of memories just gets filled with all this stuff. And then you're going to soon find out when you get married, oh, she don't like me pulling her hair. Oh, she don't like me smacking her. She definitely doesn't like that on her face. You know, you're just thinking, you know, and I can't, <laughs> some of you are just now getting that. But anyway, you know, and then some, and then I'm, I'm sure there's no girls out there, man, like, oh, I hope that I have a husband that watched so much porn so he knows how to smack me the right way. You know, I just hope, I just don't think that that's true. I don't think there's anybody out there. And you can laugh at that, but, it, but here's the deal. If you guys consuming that in your mind, and you get in a relationship, and you think that that's going to get out of your mind, it's not going to happen. I've heard of this guy, and this just this breaks my heart. I heard of a guy that when he had sex with his wife, he's been in, so into porn that he has to have a porn magazine laid out next to his wife in order to be able to have sex with her. Oh, you know, it's just that when your mind gets so full of porn, it's just what happens. I've heard of a guy, he can't go to the hospital now because he had sex in the hospital, and that's all he thinks about when he goes to the hospital is how he, oh, just telling you. <laughs> but if you think that it's going to get out of your mind, the porn videos and all that stuff, it's not. It's going to be filled in your mind. And you can believe what you want. You can believe that it's all physical. You can believe that it's no big deal. But I'm telling you right now that your mind is very important. If you just want to follow your urges, you just want to do what you're going, you're going to be in trouble in the long term. But here's the big question, especially among guys, and we kind of talked about it last week. Masturbation. You guys get quiet. <laughs> Can I do it? <laughs> Pervert. But, Pervert. you know, the Bible is silent when it comes to masturbation. The Bible doesn't speak of it. And I told you last week, but the Bible speaks of, of lust. And the Bible talks about that if you lust after someone then you've already committed adultery, which is breaking the Ten Commandments. So if you can masturbate without lusting, then you're doing something awkward. I don't know what you're thinking about, but you know. So the whole idea of porn is to produce lust, which produces masturbation. So, but also, if you masturbate, you're performing an act of homosexuality. Think about it. So you're like, oh, crap, dang. <laughs> I, I promise you this. Uh, well, let me describe it to you. Here's, here's the logic. If you're having sex with yourself, you're having sex with the same sex, which is a form of homosexuality, especially if you look at yourself in the mirror. I don't know, just saying that. <laughs> but I told that to a student one time. We were talking, 
And I said, you know, masturbation is a form of homosexuality. He goes, you serious? I was like, yeah. He goes, oh, crap. <laughs> you know, some of you, that's what's in your mind right now. Oh, man. I'm not, you know, it's just, it's just how it is. But the Bible is silent on that. But what I want to say to you as a pastor and as a friend and as someone who tries to, you know, if you don't have a dad, I want to be the father figure towards you, protect your mind. Guys, if all you're doing is surrounding yourself with friends and, and porn and stuff like that, your mind is going to be so jacked up. All you're going to think about is porn. You'll be the same way. You'll just be so messed up. And guys, I'm going to rant for a little bit. This is just how I am when Amen. it comes to guys. I like, personally, I like for men to be men. And so in society today, that's just not what's happening. Society, it's not happening. Men don't, you guys, I, I, I'm going to apologize to guys real quick. I apologize to girls the first week. Guys, you probably, you don't have dads that are dads either. You don't have dads that have taught you how to, uh, to love a woman. You don't have dads who have taught you what your penis is really for. You don't have dads who have said, you know, this is how you love your wife. Or this is how you love your future children. You, you don't have dads that do that. And if you do have dads that do that, that's great. But most likely, none of you do. So I'm going to be your dad for a little bit. I'm going to give you this. Guys, you've been mama boys for too long. You've been handed at school, oh, you can do better. You're okay. Everything's just great. You can do what you want to do. Blah, blah, blah. You've been handed so much crap for so long that you're consumed that most likely the statistic is that you're not going to move out of your parents house until you're almost 30 that you are so consumed with video games and every minute the average video game user is 35 and that you when you're done fondling the controller you start fondling yourself a thousand dollars is spent every second on pornography a thousand dollars a second so guys we need some men and girls you need to marry a man you need to marry a man you don't need to marry or be well he's got a lot of potential no he doesn't he's an idiot <laughs> you know and here's what we got and guys either fall in one or two categories they're like well i'm not gonna be a mama's boy so you're chauvinistic. You're like, you know, when you read Ephesians 5, that you're the head of the household, you get all excited, like, I'm going to dominate my woman. You know, if you, if you think that, you're an idiot. And then you got mama's boys who need off, get off the mama's boob, and, you know, you're just thinking, you know, oh, mommy takes care of me. And, you Did you know, just say boob? Yeah, I said boob. Wow. Like, you need, I was going to say something more vulgar, but you need to you know, stop breastfeeding at 25, and, you know, a, a baby breastfeeding is cute. But a 25-year-old, that's just wrong. Awkward. You know? So, and, and some of you, you you're going to be at home, and you're going to get mama-fed for so long, and you're, you're a little boy, even though you're 25, and you, you work part-time job, and then you're like, oh, this stresses me out, so you quit your part-time job. But you, you need to grow up. I'm telling you this now, as a man that looks at future men, CNN did a special on men today, and that 70% of men who are married don't know what it means to be a dad. 70%. 30% who are married and actually are a dad, they know what it means, but they don't live it out. 
guys, I'm challenging you today because you've been handed everything. So I'm saying you need to step up, and I'm challenging you today to grow up, to take a stand, one, for Jesus. Two, take a stand for your future wife. Being a man doesn't mean that I can punch the hardest, yell the loudest, fart the stinkiest, spit the farthest. Being a man means you love God, you love your wife, and then you're going to love your children. And you're going to work hard to provide for your wife. You're going to be the pastor to your wife, and you're going to be the pastor to your children. That's a man. Anything else the world has told you as a man is a chauvinistic pushover, is a sissy, is not a real man. And I'm about producing real men. So guys, I hope that you take that seriously. That you don't look, because let me be honest with you, the generation before us has failed us. Our parents, my parents, they've failed us. They haven't taught us how to be future moms, dads, future husbands and uh, wives. So we're having to figure it out on our own. And so I'm going to teach you how to do that. My goal is to teach you to be a man. My goal for my wife is to teach you to be a wife, to be a real woman, so that we don't have any more of these little boy Larrys or give them hell Hank, but that we actually have real men and real women. So I'm off my soapbox now. Just wanted to do that for a minute. This is my rant. I rant a little bit. But anyway... So many of you, if you fall into this category of not being a real man, you're going to end up in divorce. Statistics say that Christian couples and regular non-Christian couples are both the divorce rate is anywhere from 50 to 70%. It's because they don't know what it means to be married. So let me be real with you. You've got to learn to love. You've got to learn to love the way that Christ loved. You've got to learn to protect your mind. Paul when he, whenever Paul was leaving the church in Philippi, he wrote them a letter that said, guard your mind, protect your mind, set your thoughts on what is true and what's honorable. But guys, if you were to do this, guys, I'm, I'm giving you the secret to being a babe magnet. If you were to set your mind on things above, if you were to set your mind on Jesus and you were to love Jesus and set your mind on your future wife and love your future wife, girls would be all over you. They would be all about you. It don't matter how ugly you are, because you're ugly. But, you know, they would be all over you. They'd be so excited about you. And guys, you know, if you would, just, if you would do that, it would be so great for your future marriage. But, guys, here's the last dimension for Sammy. Sammy, you got it. This is the last one. You all have right. a little bit of time. All right, guys, I want to talk about dating for just a second, all right? You know, I, don't want, I think a question that some of you, I know yes, guys yes. in here, all right, have asked. How can I get some? All right. How can I get a piece of that? Vegas, $100. Um, wow. Well, guys, there's, that, <laughs> there's one answer. Um, <laughs> you know, it's what everyone asks, especially guys. Um, you know, we see that because, you know, in dating relationships, you know, the world tells us, well, that's how, that's the first way to start to try and get some. You know, we have to be dating. We have to be in a relationship. You know, but I'm here to tell you, you don't have to date. You don't have to have a girlfriend, and you don't have to fulfill all these sexual urges you have right now. Please don't take that. Come up to me and say, does that mean I don't have to have a girlfriend to, you know, have sex to get some? You know, because then you'll probably go try and find a $100 piece um, in Vegas. But I'm you saying, have if, if, if you're thinking that, then you have missed the entire point we've talked about tonight and the past two weeks. Um, 
you know, it, it's, it's about self-control, all right? You think of sex as a sport, as a conquest. Guys, you think of it as a conquest. What's the next move I can make? Now, I know some of you might not admit, admit this, and girls, I'm giving you a heads up, all right? When he buys you the flowers and the candy and the love notes, it's not because, I mean, I'm not saying he doesn't like you, he doesn't love you, but I'm sure at some point in his mind, he's like, man, I'm giving her this. I'm hoping I get some kisses. I'm hoping she'll sit on my lap, hoping we can roll around the floor. You know, whatever. You know, there, it's a conquest. You know, some, guys, don't lie to yourself. I'm not saying you're, you have, a, like, a plan on your wall or anything, but that would be weird. I, can, I, can, <laughs> I can guarantee every guy in here has probably thought that. You know, I'm giving her this. I wonder if I'll do anything in return. Girls, you know, it's, a, it's an emotional conquest for some of you. You know, oh, you see a guy, he's like, he's going to love me. He'll fall in love with me. And when he does, I'm going to dump him. Drugs. He is toast. You know, it's a conquest for you. You know, instead of asking the question, you know, how can I get some? We should be saying, you know, how can we honor my, how can I honor my friend? Romans 12 says this, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. If you ask yourselves, how can I get some? Then you are selfish. All you care about is your own sexual desires, your own selfish desires, if you're asking that question. We should be asking, how can I honor my friend? How can I lift them up? Instead, you're thinking, oh, how can I get some? Hmm. You know, you're being selfish is what you're doing. All right, and, and let me make this point as well. It's okay to hang out with people, all right? Um, someone, you know, a lot of people say, you can never date your friends. I can't think of someone better to date, all right? Sandra, my wife, was my best friend before we dated, all right? Thank you all, all right? But I'm saying there's nothing wrong with it. Who knows you better than your friends? <coughs> they shouldn't want to hurt you. They shouldn't want something in return. Date your friends is what I'm saying, all right? I know we're running out of time. There's three things I want you guys to take away from today, all right? Three questions. First one. How can I honor other people? Is this going to impact my relationship with God in a positive way or negative way? And let me give you a hint, a spoiler here. If you're rolling, the f rolling around on the floor with your girlfriend or boyfriend, groping each other, that is not going to impact your relationship with God in a positive way. All right? Next question. What is the best choice for my future? All right, we need to start asking the right questions. You know, when we ask these right questions, guys, we've talked about it before, and we're actually going to talk about it more next week as well. Um, you know, we need to find accountability, some type of accountability. We need to be accountable, accountable, sorry, with one another. Yeah, you got to establish some boundaries. And all right, so here's, here's what the deal is. I can't wait for next week. It's the last week of the best sex ever. But here's Aww. for those of you who are in my situation in high school. You say, Sammy, Aaron, that sounds amazing. That sounds so great. But I've already screwed this up. I've already went too far. I've already done this. I've already done that. I've already, you know, I've already, I've already lost my V card. Now what? That's where I was. That's, so next week is the week where we talk about the redemption 
the the grace, the forgiveness. The I'm excited about next week. This is where I get to share my heart next week. But let me just finish with this. Guys, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, none of this matters. None of this matters. If you don't personally trust in Jesus Christ with your life, with your sin, with your, with your everything, then none of this even matters. If you don't have a relationship with Christ, it doesn't matter if you keep your V card till you get married. It doesn't matter if you uh, go all the way. It really doesn't matter. Because the main thing that matters is do you trust Jesus? Have you trusted Jesus with your life? So that's the only thing that matters. It's the only thing that matters. So that's why in a couple weeks we're going to do baptism. We're going to do this baptism because then you get to say to everyone, hey, I have trusted Jesus with my life. I'm going to identify with him. I'm on his side. And then we get to dunk you in some water, and it's awesome. (laughs) So in closing, I'm going to pray. Don't forget to sign up for those things. Also, uh, one thing I forgot to mention is we are starting our new series in November called uh, Vintage Jesus where we're going to talk about who Jesus really was, the, the real man Jesus was, and not the limp-wristed sissy Jesus that you see on TV, but the fact that Jesus was a real man and that he was an, a great guy. You're going you're gonna to love it. Just trust me. So let's pray, and then you'll be dismissed. Father God, thank you for this day. God, thank you so much for uh, bringing the students here. Father, I pray that you would bring them back next week to hear about your story of redemption, your story of grace, your story of love. Because, God, that's what you're all about. You're all about grace, you're all about love, and you're all about forgiveness. And God, for coming from a man of screw-ups, coming from a man who's just straight up jacked up, God, that's the best part. And so, Father, I pray that they would be excited about that, that they would bring a friend to hear about your grace and your forgiveness. And Father, also, we just pray that students would sign up to get baptized, Father, so they can identify with you. Lord, we love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Also, last thing. If you come to church on Saturdays or Sundays, I would love to invite you to come to our Saturday night. Saturday night service called Resonate. Uh, I will be preaching this Saturday. I will be bringing it. I'll be bringing Luke 15. It's going to be utterly amazing. And uh, you're going to need to be here. So sign up. Peace out. Love you. 615 Saturday night, guys. 615. Right here. Be here. Thank you. Hey, man. It's nice. Sorry, I didn't get to talk with you much. Oh, I'm still on.